Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Well, I am so glad that you are here. Today, we're actually going to look at chapter, or I should say part three, of a message that we have been doing for two weeks now. The first of all, the, one day I was with God and um, I felt like I was in a couple churches and then, and then I was in this church and God says, my people are losing their shout. And at first I didn't understand what that meant, losing the shout. But really it comes down to joy, your joy factor. Because whatever you are joyful about, you talk about. Think about it. What is the thing in your life that you love, that you're joyful about, and I guarantee you, you talk about it. It's on your mind, it's on your, your heart, because you're joyful about it. And if some of you say, I'm not joyful about anything, Pastor, really. I'm going to say there's something in the equation that you are, or that you're just a 24-hour pessimist, then, I, then we need to pray for you. But that being said, I want to talk about the shout. And I want to just review a second just so that for those that didn't get the last two messages. The first message was the power of the shout. It went back to the walls of Jericho when God said to the people of Israel, I'm going to take down this wall, this obstacle, this problem that's in your life. But this is how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it by, by just me. You're going to be involved because God always wants our involvement in whatever happens. You see, sometimes people always want God to do it all. God, you do this, and you know what, then if you do this, then maybe, then maybe I'll meet you halfway and I'll do it. Yeah, God's not going to meet you there. God wants you to take your first step. I don't care how small it is, God wants you to take your first step. If you take a first step towards God, God will then take two towards you. God always wants us to have an exhibit of faith and to stay there because when we're not there, we're going to walk our life and do it ourselves according to what we think, according to the, how we feel. And if you go according to life or how you feel, you're going to make decisions that you wish you never made. Because feelings will always lead you astray. But faith will always shed light on the path in which you walk. And so we talked about power of the shout. And we looked at the word teruah, which means a victory shout. Now think about this. The people of Israel were commanded to go around six times, six days, one time each day. On the seventh day, they were to go around seven times, and at the end, they were to shout, and a great victory, and the walls would come down. We talked a little bit about obedience in the shout, because you can, you can shout, but if there's no obedience in it, because see, if they would have done the seventh day, done around seven times, and then did nothing, those walls would have never came down, because they did not fulfill obedience. Obedience was just not do the parade thing. God was involving them in a divine work, when they shouted, that's when you saw the power of God. Part two was finding your shout with each other. How many of you have been in a sports game and someone starts yelling, one person starts going, defense, 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 right? And everybody who wants that team to win, what do they start saying? Yeah, man, defense. Before you know it, you have the whole, everybody there shouting defense. Why? Because one person started a shout. When's the last time your joy that you carried caused someone else to feel that joy and shout with you? And that's what happened on Palm Sunday. One person started to shout, 
blessed be the name, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. And before you knew it, one person understood what was going on, another person started going on before everybody shouted. One week later, everybody was shouting again because of one person, maybe a religious leader saying, crucify him, crucify him. And everybody started to join in and say, crucify him, crucify him. One person in a crowd. We see it in our culture. It only takes one or two people in a crowd to get a whole crowd fired up. It's easy to get a crowd fired up. You ever been at a concert and they tell you, shout? What do, you, what do the people do? They shout. Getting a crowd fired up really is easy when the people want to be fired up. But when the crowd doesn't want to be fired up, you can't fire up that crowd. Then they'll shout the booze. But today is Easter. Whether you shout or not, there's one thing true. Jesus has risen from the dead. He did everything possible for all humanity to have salvation, to know him personally. He took away all our sins and all our judgments. You know, the, one of the best stories I love is when you had a thief who was really guilty on the cross. Jesus is in pain. Love this story. Bible truth. He's in pain. He's in anguish. He cannot excel his breath. He is in so much pain. And yet this man who is guilty for his crime says just this. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says today he forgave even that second split of a second. Remember me? He said, yes, today you'll be in me in paradise. What happened? There was transformation that took place on that cross with that thief. He recognized what the Jewish leaders didn't, who he was. I want you today to recognize who Jesus is. There's a story that I read that this Muslim man had a dream of Jesus. A lot of Muslims are having dreams about Jesus. It's been really pretty cool what God's been doing miraculously. And he had a dream, and he became a Christian, which is a really difficult thing to do in the Muslim world. And uh, one of his friends came up to him and said, why did you become a Christian? She said, well, it's sort of like this. He said, I was driving, walking down a road one day, and I came across a fork in the road. But he said, one, on one of the roads, there was a living man, and on the other road, there was a dead man. And if I needed directions, I wanted to go to the one who was living. And it's exactly what makes the difference about Jesus Christ. Because when he saved this boy here, when he saved me from numerous times of dying, when he saved this guy, I knew religion well, but I didn't know relationship. But I have been touched by Jesus, walked with Jesus, and boy, I am so blessed. I am so blessed because the God in which we serve is touchable, is knowable, but you have to desire to know him. It's like relationship. Everybody wants strong relationships horizontal, right? Yeah. I want to be close. I want to be intimate. I want someone to have my back. I want to have someone who really, really cares no matter what. I want someone to change my tire at 3 o'clock in the morning just because they care for me. But if you want that relationship, it takes time to build in relationship. You have to have a relationship for it to be that deep. But if you don't spend time in that relationship, two people really 
caring for the other people. You will never have a relationship that you want because you have failed. You have failed to put time into the relationship. It's the same thing with God. You want your rich relationship with God. You have to really want to have a relationship with God. It needs L-O-V with T-I-M-E. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good. Easter. This is what Easter does. Easter declares to the world, life in Christ is stronger than death. I do a lot of funerals as a preacher. And uh, tough ones and all kind of different ones. People who are older and people who are younger. Death has no age. But God has conquered sin, death, and the grave. The Easter declares right is stronger than wrong, no matter what the world tells you. Love is stronger than hate, no matter what the world tells you. Christ won the victory over sin, death. And I want you to know, he conquered the enemy called death. He conquered Satan. And I want you to understand, when you realize that there is an empty grave and the body was never found, and if anybody, if the world wanted to find a body, it was the body of Jesus they wanted to find. Let me tell you, especially those religious leaders. Boy, did they want to find that body, but they, they couldn't. They couldn't. So this morning, I want to help you find a shout, the resurrection shout. I, I want you to understand this is not something that we celebrate one time a year. The resurrection shout happens every day of my every day I live. Where I'll proclaim it no matter where I go. Because it's real. It's so real. It changes life. It only heals body, but it heals souls. But do you want to be healed? Do you want to really want to be whole? Or do you want to hold on to that pain and say, no, I'm going to carry this pain all the days of my life. I don't care because such and such, such and such. You know, God says, let it go, forgive and live. Let's go to a text this morning. This morning from Matthew chapter 27. And I want to entitle this a resurrection shout. Let's look at what happened at the resurrection for a little bit. At the moment... This is chapter 27, verse 51 following. At the moment, the curtain, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rock split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of their tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. I want to give you a couple of reasons, and I could be here all day with reasons why we need to remember the shout of the resurrection. But the first one I want to tell you is this. At the death of Jesus, the curtain that was in the temple was torn from top to bottom. It says the moment Jesus died, the moment the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. This is huge. Because see, at that time, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies only one time a year to offer sacrifice. And the only people who could go behind that veil was the priest. But when Jesus died, he ripped the veil, that sacred veil, And what it meant was that you and I now have a privilege to go before God's throne and bring our requests. We don't need somebody else to go before God before us. 
When Jesus died, that veil rent from top to bottom, giving access to those who would want to go before God to bring our request before God. It's important that you understand what Hebrews reminds us. 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. You ever feel like weak? You ever feel like, boy, life is a struggle? But we have someone who can identify because he walked among us. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet, yet, yet without sin. Big deal, big deal. You see, Jesus Christ became our high priest, and when he died, that veil rent so we can have access to the throne of God. Look, this says here in Hebrews 10, chapter 19, 24. This is powerful. Listen to this. That's the veil, the picture of veil. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God. You see, what Jesus did gave us access. The problem is people are living life not accessing what God has given unto us. They're, they're living, we're living below Listen, if I gave you, who would like a million dollars right now? Good, who would want it? Okay, I see only a couple hands. Oh, this is easy. If I give you a million dollars, but you only spent $10, whose fault is that? Yeah, that's exactly what happens in life. God has given us so much, but instead, instead of doing and being and loving, we only spend $10 of that. And yet, guys, why, why have you just shot... Fell so short. I have given you so much. Why are you not partaking of it? What Jesus Christ did is incredible for you and I because he broke the veil. You see, what happened here, we see also in the scripture that rocks, the earth shook. It says this, the earth shook, rocks split, tombs of holy people who had died were raised from the dead after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Could you imagine that? Just burying Sister Ethel. And then all of a sudden, here comes Sister Ethel back into the city. Man, that's something to make your hair go gray. I mean, I just want you to understand, these things actually took place. I love, I love when people just say, well, that's just the Bible. You know, that's just what the Bible says. That Bible's archaic. It's so old. It's no longer relevant. Really? Really? Let me just solve that problem for you. It can't be archaic and it can't be old when the author still lives. Hmm? The author still lives. And here's another revelation. Truth is always truth. And that same book says the truth will set you free. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good stuff. Went into the holy city and appeared to many people. I want you to understand this. God shows divine power and and deliverance. And when he rose from the dead, so did others as well. Once again, in that same portion of Scripture of Matthew chapter 27, you see that even a wicked soldier who, cruci- who, who was got in the tomb and it maybe possibly took part in a crucifixion recognized he was the Son of God. But, but once again, the religious leaders couldn't recognize it. Isn't it amazing how some people can see it and some people can't? Let's look at this. Matthew chapter 28. Read with me. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, 
Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and go into the tomb, roll back the stone, and sat on it. That's what angels do. They just sit on things that are heavy and problem. <laughs> just sit on the stone. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. You know, I want you to understand this. Every time you see in Bible, they see an angel, a lot of times people want to fall down and worship just because of the divine power. Let me tell you something, saints. We have not seen nothing yet. The Bible says the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, nor has it entered in the mind of man the things that God has for those that love him. So just say this, God has great things for me if I live for him. It's a choice. Are you going to be, are you going to really going to live for God? Are you really want that relationship with God? Do you really want that love factor? Say, I want a deep, bonafide relationship with my God. Do you want that? Forget about everything you've experienced. Everyone in this room has experienced something that could drain you. Someone say amen. amen. Yeah, we go through life sometimes and, and those things drain us. They hurt us. So, you know, we have questions about it. We don't understand sometimes. But faith will always take you above those things that we don't understand. And I have learned, and I have learned, if you stay there long enough, you get to see what God does from it. And even gain understanding from it in time. Fourth reason we shout, we should have a resurrection shout, is that we see divine involvement. You see this angel appearing light, like lightning, like white snow. God is giving us physical evidence of opening the tomb. Listen, Jesus didn't need the stone to be moved away. The stone was for us to know Jesus was gone. And he allowed the individuals to see it so it would encourage their faith in times like this. And even now, it encourages us to know the amount of things God did to encourage us. God's always trying to encourage us. He's always trying to get our attention. But sometimes we don't want to listen. And as I was talking to LT and Killer about the five L's, the reason why I put listen first you cannot learn to love someone if you do not listen and learn from them. That's when love grows. People always say, but you got to love. No, because you can't love something you don't know about. The more I know about God, the more I listen to what his word says, the more I listen to what he says to my heart, the more I read about him, that's when my heart starts to fall in love with God. Because to know him, to know him, to love him, to love him is to know him. And I do, and I do. Isn't there a song like that? Don't ask me to sing it, though, but there's a song like that. Look at this in verse 4. The gods were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. you got to catch this. you got to understand that. These men were soldiers. These men were men of war. And yet, when it came in the presence of the divine presence, they become like dead men. That's not uncommon when you see it in Scripture. I, want to, I just want to tell you that, saints, this thing is not religion. If there's anyone that dislikes religion, it's I. Because religion puts people in bondage. But Jesus Christ frees us because it's about relationship. It's about God so loving the world that he gave. It's relationship. Most people don't know what relationship is. They don't have no understanding about relationship. But I say, if you haven't had a relationship with your father, haven't had a relationship with your mother, haven't had a relationship with anybody that was positive in your life, 
And today, unfortunately, there's so many people like that. I'm going to tell you, you can have a relationship and learn how it works by first learning about Jesus Christ and the love, all that he has done for you. People will hurt you, but Jesus Christ has never done nothing to hurt. You just don't understand what he's doing. There's a difference there. Ask me if I don't understand, and I'll tell you I don't understand what he does sometimes. But you know what? I'm finite, and he's infinite. And that's where we have to trust him because he sees the bigger picture. We sometimes strain at a gnat. All we see is a keyhole understanding, but he sees today, tomorrow, and the future. Sometimes the things that happen to us are the things that make us who we are in a good way. I don't know about you, but these gods fell down and they, they were just, they had no power. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says in the book of Philippians 2, listen to what it says. And at the name of Jesus, and this is in the future to come. In the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory to the fa- God the Father. Whether a person's an atheist, whether a person's agnostic, whether a person uh, is a believer but doesn't follow, it doesn't matter. Every knee one day is going to bow. People always say to me, well, pastor, you know, there's so many other ways to get to heaven. <laughs> I said, is there? I said, who's the one that paid for your sins? Who's the one who's provided eternity? Listen, there are two ways, there's two, only two religions in the world, only two. One religion, you have to do works to get there, to get God's favor, to get God's love. The other one is God has loved you and you have to accept his work. There's only two, one by grace and one by works. It makes it really simple that way, but it's the truth. These soldiers fell down, but one day all Human beings will fall down and recognize Jesus Christ is truly Lord and God. Let's look at this portion of Scripture here in verse 5 and 8. Read with me, please. It says this. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he laid. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him. Watch this now. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. This is the fifth thing that you can learn should have a resurrection shout. Is that... Jesus is no longer in the tomb. He's alive. Whatever thing that you think is dead in your relationships, whatever problem that you have, you need to bring Jesus into the problem. Proverbs 3 tells us to seek, says this. I love this portion of scripture where it tells us to put Jesus into every circumstance. And then it, in Proverbs 3 tells us he's going to guide our steps. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all these things, uh, understand it, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and watch this, he will direct your path. 
It's a beautiful, a beautiful reminder to you and I. Jesus rose from the dead and the angel said, he is not here. He has risen. Come and see the place where he laid. You know, sometimes we look for happiness is on the wrong places. Sometimes we look for fulfillment on the wrong places. Sometimes we're trying to fill a gap in our life all in the wrong way. They're looking for someone who's not there anymore. They're looking for someone who is dead, but he's alive. How many times in life we sometimes look for an answer in our life, but we're looking in the wrong place? There are so many places that people go to that look for the wrong place. Do you know Jesus predicted his death three times in every single gospel? Uh, In the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Three times in each one, he predicts his death. In John, he alludes to his death four times. He told the disciples what was going to happen, but when it happened, none of them could get it. The woman didn't understand, didn't get it. None of them got it. Why is that? When tragic takes place and you've gone under a tragic situation, what happens to the brain? It kind of shuts down. You're so much in mourning and grief, the brain doesn't work very well. None of the disciples remembered anything that, the, that Jesus said, even though he told them exactly how he was going to die. You know, Jesus fulfilled over 300 different prophecies. Isaiah, written 700 years before he fulfilled all that to a T. There are over and over in Micah, 500 years. These are prophecies that were spit out so many thousands and hundreds of years before Jesus covered it all, crossed the T and dotted it. 350 plus. That's pretty impressive. One person, a mathematician, and you can read if you look it up. One mathematician said like this, to fulfill eight of those prophecies is like filling the state of Texas with quarters and put one red dot on a quarter and have the quarters one foot deep in the state of Texas. Have someone go out and find that one quarter that has a red dot on it is the mathematical equation of one man fulfilling these amount of prophecies. I just want to let you know something that what you're living right now is very real. The God around you is trying to show you that he he is there. I I want to take one step further. The Bible says that man is without excuse because of all that God has created around you. Right now we're in spring. Look at these beautiful tulips that come up, daffodils. They're really nice, aren't they? Aren't they beautiful? If you were to create a flower, what kind of flower you create? I'll go one step further. God created things that weren't even in existence. I want you to create something in your mind right now that you've never, never seen. Just create something right now in your mind that you've never, never seen. Got it? Got something you've never seen before? You created it? You use parts from things you've already seen already. And you just created something by things you've already seen. God created this incredible beauty. And you can look at anything. There's a great God. If you want to know him, he wants to know you. Verse 16 and 17 says this. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee and to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. And, and watch this. And, but, but, some, what? What? Wait, wait, wait. Come on. You can't believe it. They saw Jesus die and they still doubted? Come on. Really? 
we can probably understand Thomas, right? Because Thomas hadn't seen him yet. So unless I fill uh, your nail holes and fill the side, I, I'm not going to believe, right? Uh, God took care of that. But, but here the, here's Jesus and people still don't want to believe. It's not really uncommon. There are so many things that God does all around us. We take it for granted. We take people for granted. We take creation for granted. We take everything for granted. Until all of a sudden, we no longer have it anymore. And then we realize the gift that we have. You see, I don't know about you, but a reason that we have to shout about the resurrection is because God's given a personal experience for us to receive. God wants to personally have you know him. Just as Jesus was there and the people started, the disciples started worship, they started showing the glory of God. They realized, wow, they just suffered all this pain. Now they see him again. They are elated. God wants, just as they're having a personal experience, so can you. One many years ago, when I had a person sharing Jesus with me, and he spent months and months and months and months with me, it was a day that I accepted Jesus as my Savior, and I was all in. I was sort of a shy guy at the time. I wasn't that you know, loud. I was to myself a little bit. And I was at a church with balcony, huge, biggest church I've ever been in my life. And they gave a message, and it was a simple message, if you want God, if you want God. That's all it was. I didn't care who was around me. I didn't care about anything except one thing. This boy wanted God. I was all in. And I came up that day and God just did a work. And my prayer only lasted probably about 15 seconds. And other people were just filled with the spirit and speaking in tongues and having a moment with God. And I'm saying, God, I don't know what these people are doing. But I know one thing, Lord, I want you. And you know what? That's only the simple prayer. God just wants you to say, God. I want you more than anything else this world has to offer. There's a lot of bling, but God's the real thing. Let me just bring this. Let's look at this. Verse 18 and 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Got to get this. Therefore, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am. Someone say I am. Sometimes people miss that part in there. I am with you always to the very end of age. I want you to get this as a reason. Another reason, seventh reason that we can have a resurrection shout is that he has given you authority. Authority. I love this portion of scripture here in 9, a book of Luke. Chapter 9, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power. Someone say power. Power and authority to drive out demons, to cure disease. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. There's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The problem is you could yield to it or resist it. But God is there. Nevertheless, God is there. I'm going to share something with you. The eighth reason where you can have a resurrection shout, why you should have it. In the Bible, there are ten biblical accounts in Scripture where God raised someone from the dead. I don't know why people have a problem with that. It happened numerous times throughout the generations. And there's ten accounts of 
people being raised from the dead. Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, he had a glorified body. And all of you will get that glorified body if you know Jesus when you give up the earthly body. This body right here is only good for here. You can't take this body anywhere else except on this little, little tiny dirt ball. That's it. Can't do it. And it gets old because of sin. And as you know, you lose hair. I mean, I haven't lost that much. Maybe I have. But let me just share something with you. God says he even knows every hair on your head. That's right. He knows all about you, but he wants you to know him. Ten biblical accounts in scripture. Elijah raised the son of the Zerubbabel's widow from the dead in 1 Kings. Elijah raised the son of the Shunammite woman from the dead in 2 Kings. A man was raised from the dead when his body touched Elisha's bone. If you don't know the story, this is a great story where they had to hide someone's body. So the only tomb nearby was Elisha's tomb. So they took this man that was dead and they threw him in the tomb. But when his body touched the bones of Elisha, he became alive. I bet you those two friends left the scene. You know, have you ever been at a cemetery? I used, to, I, was, I used to hang around in the cemetery. That's where I, that was my hanging spot. And you know, so cemeteries don't spook me out whatsoever. Right? Not at all. Some people, you know, you have a problem with it. But I don't. But I would probably have a problem if I saw someone coming out of a grave. We shouldn't. That should be natural. But you see how something that's so, so should be natural, supernatural is no longer natural. Because we usually fear the stuff we don't know. Jesus raised the son of a widow of Nain from the dead in Luke 7. Jesus raised the daughter, Jairus' daughter from the dead in Luke 8. Jesus raised Lazarus after four days being dead in John 11. Many saints rose from the dead at resurrection of Jesus in Matthew 27. Peter raised Dorcas from the dead in Acts 9. Paul raised from the dead Eutychus in Acts, uh, Acts 20. And of course, Jesus rose from the dead. It's amazing. I don't know about you, but did you know that there's 14 accounts of Jesus showing up even after he died? Yeah, you can find these accounts, even some, some secular literature. If you go secular and just say, what does it say secularly about Jesus? You'll find out in secular history that Jesus lived. That Jesus healed and that Jesus died on the cross. And then they'll say two things. Then they don't know it was his body or someone stole his body. If someone stole the body, the body has to be somewhere. You would think by now with all the people who try to prove the Bible unreal, come up with the body. But they won't because that body now sits, glorified body now sits on the right hand of the Heavenly Father. Some would say praise the Lord. 14 post-resurrections take place in scriptures. Why are they put there? They're put there for you and I to gain some strength, to gain some faith, and know that the God of all creation is on your side. And if you are on his side, you're in good shape. You're all right. You might be facing some problem, but don't worry. God's there with you. Amen? He's your rock. He's your fortress. He'll gird you up. He'll help you out. I've been through a lot of different things, but my God has never let me down. Never let me down. Let me just share a few things. Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene, John chapter 20, Mark 16, to the woman returning from the womb, uh, tomb in Matthew chapter 28, to Peter later in the day, Luke 24, to two men on the road to Emmaus on an even trip on Luke 24. Jesus appears to these two men. 
Jesus appeared to the apostles, but Thomas wasn't there in Luke 24 and John 20. To the apostles, one week, one week later, Jesus appeared. This time, Thomas is there. That's when Thomas said, Lord, if it is you, let me feel your scars. But he said that one week before. The first thing when Jesus came back, he said to Thomas, Jesus wasn't there a week before. Jesus, Thomas wasn't there. And Jesus wasn't there when Thomas said these words. If I just feel his scars and feel his side, then I'll believe. When Jesus came back one week later, guess what Jesus says? Thomas. Come over here. Feel my hands. Feel my side. Why, don't, why do you doubt? And when he felt it, he said, I believe. I believe. And then Jesus said these words that are so piercing. He said, blessed is he who believes and has not seen. You believe because you see, Jesus said to Thomas. But blessed are those who believe and have not seen. But he has given us so many evidence because he wants your faith to be strong. In Galilee, to the seven of the disciples of the lake of Tiberias, Jesus shows up to his disciples there. Jesus shows up in Galilee in his, his apostles with other 500 people around in 1 Corinthians 15. That's right, his disciples and 500 other people saw Jesus. You want to talk about helping people to believe. Jesus has done quite a bit to help us all out. At Jerusalem, Jesus showed up with Beth, uh, Jerusalem and Bethany. Jesus appeared to James in 1 Corinthians 15. At Olivet and the Ascension, Jesus, shows, Jesus arises in Acts 1. To Paul and the road to Damascus on Acts chapter 9. To Stephen outside Jerusalem as he was being stoned. He saw the vision of Jesus standing up. Jesus was given a standing O. In Acts chapter 7, and Paul in the temple, Acts 22, and of course John on the island of Patmos as he wrote the book of Revelation. All of these individuals that Jesus showed up after him being crucified and resurrected, Jesus had 14 events. Listen, the evidence is there. People say, I want to know the evidence. The evidence is there, but do you look for it? There is so much evidence all around us of, of intelligent design and, 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 and so many wonderful things all around us. I'm just trying to help you to rise your faith. 23 chromosomes coming together with 23 chromosomes create something as incredibly wonderful as you and I. If you want to see a wonderful work of God, look in the mirror. But you can only have eyes to see and heart to understand if you truly want to learn what truth is. There is a truth. Today we celebrate Easter. Jesus rose to forgive us. He rose to heal us. He rose to give us eternal life. He rose to intercede for us. He is always fighting for us. And then he has given us the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what God wants to do. He wants us to keep a shout of the resurrection on a daily basis as you remind yourself of all the privileges and all the benefits that God has done. We say we love God, but we give God very little time. You know, if you love someone, you want to spend as much time with them. Amen? I remember in the early days of courting, you're bringing home your girlfriend, and when you're driving as slow as possible... You know, don't want to get home too quick. I want this time to be slow. 
Well, you know, if you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, you want that time. You want to spend time. You want to walk with Him. You want to talk with Him. We're in a new series on Wednesday night, small group. I'll tell you what, it's powerful. It's powerful called... Uh, um, someone tell me what it is. <laughs> Exit, exiting the Ordinary. Escaping the Ordinary. Listen, I might forget the title, but I know the content. It is it's yum, yum, good. But what it really talks about is inviting God on an every day and watching God work miraculous works. Escaping the ordinary because we do life and we just go ordinary, but God wants to do so much more. Amen? God has a greater plan for you, but you need to seek God with all your heart, mind, and soul because when you want God, you're going to give it the time. If you want God, you're going to give him your heart. I'm going to give you a challenge right now. I don't know where you are. Only God knows where you are. But I want to tell you right now, God loves you more than I can even express it. I am so grateful that God saved this sinner. I was so far from God. But God saved me. And he, then he did this incredible thing that I never ever expected. <laughs> he called me to a ministry <laughs> to be a pastor. And I tell people I might be the most unlikely person to be a pastor. I really am from where I come from. But that's what God does. God takes individuals who just, just have a love and a heart for God. That's all it is. And he sees that. And then he calls that person to a particular work. God just wants your heart to be connected to his heart. It's not difficult. It's really easy. And I want to make sure, and I want to make sure, let me tell you something, this is not a joke for me because I've seen this. There's no lying. Because no one promises is that you're going to get home safe. No one, you know, nothing, there's no promises in life except the promise of having a relationship with Jesus and eternity. And if you're not right with God right now and you need to get right with God, you need to have a relationship with God. You really have to have a relationship, not just a knowledge. Knowledge is just knowledge. You need more than just having a knowledge. You need an application of growing with your Savior, with your God. And I just ask you today, if you really want to have a joy in your heart, you really want to have a joy and a shout on your lips, and you know, and you know that your relationship with God is not where it's supposed to be, and you're going to be truthful before God today, your, your relationship is not the way it's supposed to be. You want it to be a certain place, but it's not. Not at this time, but you want it to be. I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Just raise your hand. Raise it high. Yes. 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 Those online. Raise your hand right where you are. Do you want God? Do you want God? Do you want God part of your life? Ready to give God if you have a relationship with Him? It's so important. Easter is a beautiful day, but Easter is every day because He has risen and He has power and a joy. You just have to say, Father, right now in your heart, say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for I've sinned. And help me, I pray, this day, this day, God, help me, Lord, as I yield myself to you and give you my life. I accept you as my Savior, and I believe you died for me on the cross. And this day, this day, I desire, I choose, I submit to you to live for you for the rest of my days. I ask this in Jesus' name. 
Someone say amen. Those that, raise, those that said that prayer, you meant that prayer, raise your hand right where you are. Raise, raise your hand right where you are. You said that prayer. I want to meet with you after, with, after service. Could you stand to my feet? Stand to your feet. If you said that prayer, I want you to meet me in front. I want to put a blessing upon you. It's a beautiful thing to realize to put Christ at the center. Amen. And I pray, I pray that as you leave those doors, I pray you would be mindful of what God wants to say, what God wants to do, and how God really wants to be part of your life if you just open the door. And I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, if you open the door, he's going to come in and he's going to change your life just like he changed mine. Trust me. I've, been, I've seen so many of God's healings. I've seen so many wonderful things. And the best is yet to come. Let me put a blessing upon you. And those that raise your hands, I praise. I want you to really, I want to spend the moment with you. Father, I pray right now that you would touch each one here. I pray that you would draw their hearts ever so close to you. I pray, Lord, they would not look at you as religion. Because it was never meant to be that. It was about relationship. And I pray that they would get their relationship right with you so that they can get relationships right with others in that order. I pray a blessing upon their life. I pray, Lord, we see them next week so they can grow in you and they they can become all that you call them to be. I ask a great blessing upon them and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Give some praise to the house of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in His church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.